You're listening to Talk Amongst Friends. Today, we're going to talk about when scary shit happens. You're listening to your host, Kayleen. I'm here with Christine, Cody, and Amber. Hi, everyone. How are you doing today? Pretty good. I'm doing good. Doing good. Good. Good to hear. So, um, some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today is going to be uh, things that have definitely happened to each of us, whether they are paranormal or whether they're not. Um, my story is not going to be paranormal. And I know some of you guys have had some paranormal things happen. So this is going to be, it's going to be a fun topic and interesting topic. Uh, Cody just showed us this video, which he's going to discuss on the show. It's, it's pretty cool. Anyway, um, does anybody want to start first or do you want me to go? You first. I don't know. All right, I guess I'll go first. So mine isn't mine isn't of a paranormal essence, but um, I think the scariest one of the scariest things that ever happened to us um, as a kid, we had a home invasion, and um, it was pretty scary. We lived on um, a street that was next to a high to a middle school, and um, this is this story is almost in three different parts because it happened like three different times at this house what? and um yeah yeah it was pretty scary so i was out with my mom everybody was gone but uh, i think my sister dana and my sister sharon were home alone and uh they said that they heard something on the porch and um my sister went to the porch and she opened the door and looked out why i guess they had the screen door open because you know back then everybody chilled with their screen doors open right i mean their door wide open nobody really you know, lock the doors, stuff like that. But um, I'm, I'm showing my age here. I guess my sister Sharon goes out and looks out and sees a guy out there and goes running in the house and starts yelling at my other sister, like, shut the door, lock it. They slam the door, they lock it. And they start hearing a noise and they open up the, the, the window to look because, you know, the old houses have those big ginormous windows in the front. So it was a monstrous window. And when they opened it up, there was a guy naked standing in the window, spread eagle, arms up, oh legs God. up, just spread eagle in the window. And they just shut the shades and freaked out. And um, we got home shortly after, but there was nobody out there. Nobody was out there. So they were completely freaked out. And um, so the next time this happened, my mom used to work nights. So she was gone till like one o'clock in the morning. And, you know, we're a house full of girls, you know, so there were there are five of us in this house. Um, it might be four cause Karen may not have lived with us then. But, um, one night I fell asleep on the couch and I don't know what time it was that I woke up, but my sister was sitting on the end of the couch screaming at the top of her lungs, like hysterical. And like, you know how, like you can see silhouettes, you know, like it's not completely, completely dark, but dark enough to where you can't really make out someone's mm -hmm. face. And at the end of the couch, there was this guy standing there oh at the God. end of the couch. So I just like start kicking him and, our house, it was built like when you came in, there was like a living room and then there was an archway. You walk through the archway and then there's the bathroom. There's another archway and then there's the kitchen. And then there's a back door right there. So the front door was parallel to the back door. It was like a straight shot. And um, he turned around and ran. And I guess my mom had come out of her bedroom because it was right off the kitchen and she was standing there when he started running down the hallway. And, uh, you know, the windows, the windows on that house were those ones that you like had to roll. And they opened up, you know, and uh, so they're really narrow. They're not real wide. They're like, what, maybe, maybe 12 to 15 inches wide. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, you'd have to be pretty skinny to fit through those or, you know, go through them sideways. And uh, apparently he literally lifted my mom up. My mom's like, she's, she's tiny. She's like 4'10", 4'11". Like he literally grabbed her by her shoulders, picked her up in the air and like just moved her over to the side and sat her down and then like jumped out the fucking window, like jumped oh out the window. God. She was able to flick on the light and grab like a glass bowl. And before he got out the window, she broke it on his back. He jumps out, turns around and stands there and just stares at her, just stared at her. And, you know, she's going off because my mom is a firecracker and he's completely naked, completely, Another totally naked. naked. Guy. Yeah, he's completely. So we think it's the same guy. I mean, it, it, you know, the same guy and. I was, I was scared. You know, I was like 10. I was 10. I was, I was shit in my pants. You know, I was scared. But then, the, you know, when the officers were there, I'm standing next to my mom and the stupid ass officer obviously wasn't thinking with what he said. And he's like, usually when a naked guy comes to a house and comes in a house, they're there to kill everyone. They're going to kill everyone in the house. Dude. Great. 
I cannot tell you. Yeah, I cannot tell you what that did to me. Even now as an adult, I am 49 years old and I swear to you, I cannot sleep by the door. I have a lock on my bedroom door. I have to sleep on the side of the bed that is away from the door. And I always have. So it's crazy. Like there's definitely a lock on my door. I just, ever since I was a kid, like I, I was so scared that I used to sleep under my mom's bed with a hammer, literally slide under her bed, which I probably only had what a six inch clearance under the bed with a hammer on my chest in the middle of the night. She'd be like, what are you doing? I'd be like shaking the whole night. It was, it was so awful. And, um, and that was, I mean, it happened another time, almost exactly like that. And the weird thing was uh, my sister was coming home with her boyfriend and they saw a truck down the street with a guy sitting in it who had really long hair. And they thought that maybe it was him. And then our neighbors told us this story. Like they came over like a few days later, the neighbors, there was this old couple. They were like, Hey, there was this guy asking about you guys, asking how many people lived in the house, asking your name that they used to know you guys, that he knew you guys. Yeah. It was, super it was creepy. that freaky, super creepy. So we finally just up and moved. We finally just up and moved. And I mean, yeah. I was terrorized. I was terrorized as a kid. And so it's flown into my adulthood now. So how long over what period of time, Kayleen, did all this happen? It was probably over a, it was like over a summer. So it was probably like over, over a three month period. Like he definitely entered our house three times and it was scary. And, you know, after that, I mean, the there was one time when he came in and I was sleeping on the couch and, and I was awake. My sister Dana was on the smaller couch and you could see the silhouette because my mom used to always leave on the bathroom light, always. And that bathroom light went off and I knew it wasn't her. And But I was frozen. I was like frozen. And you could see him bend down over my sister and he put his hand over her mouth and she started screaming. Turns around, he runs out. We look, we get up, everybody gets up and the back door is just wide open, like wide fucking open. Because I was like, did that shit really just happen? And this was like the third time, because at that time we were all like scared, you know, nobody was sleeping in their rooms. Everybody was sleeping like near each other. It was crazy. It was crazy. So finally we just moved and it was, it was awful. And actually, yeah. And actually I just drove by that house like the other day and it's gone. Like they totally knocked that shit down and put up a different house. And then my sister and them said that they went back there to look at the house. Like, well, after we moved out, it was a couple of years and that, there was like an FBI warning on the door and that there was blood on the walls. <gasps> no. Yeah. Yes. No shit. No. So, my yeah. God. Talking yeah. about like paranormal stuff, but I'm wondering, Kayleen, having that experience since that was more of a home invasion and that you guys left the house after that. Um, I have a theory that also certain houses and, and like you saying that FBI and the blood later, I think certain places also have like bad vibes and bad things happen there yeah, whether dude. it is a paranormal thing or it's just like crime always happens in those locations or it's just yeah, like it was, bad. it was pretty scary it was it was some of the scariest times of my life man and I, you know it still affects me to this day it still affects me i mean there are certain things that i can and cannot do and there are certain things that i make sure my door i mean seriously my door has a lock on it like when tina's not here or when she was be out of town or whatever i'd, I'd lock my door at night when i went to bed because i would just be freaked out so it's just, it's pretty, it's pretty freaky. And, and, you know, like when I lived in my apartment by myself, like my door had a lock on it too. I made sure I took the, the lock that was on there and changed that out because I was just, I mean, I'm just like that. It, it's so freaky that it still affects me to this day. And I would That's never crazy. sleep on the side of the bed closest to the, I'd always sleep on the opposite side of the bed. Even when I was by myself, I'd be on the other side of the bed. So it's pretty pretty interesting, pretty scary. I don't know how it's affected my sisters. You know what? We've never really talked about it, which is kind of funny. I wonder how they're affected by this, if they are affected by it. I'll have to ask them, see what they I say. I know. I'd be interested to know. Yeah, for sure. I'll have to talk to them and see and see what they say. And I think that's probably the scariest thing that like the most, that's, that's definitely the most terrifying thing that I think I've ever gone through. And I think, you know, listening to that officer tell my mom that, uh, that was like the worst thing I could have possibly heard as a kid. How old were you? Like 10. Wow. I was 10 years old when that That's happened. Crazy. And then the officers say, well, men that usually come in houses that are naked, their plan is to kill everyone. I was like, oh my God, because you know, that way there's no DNA coming off their body. There's nothing, but this was early, you know, this was like early eighties. So there really wasn't like DNA to say that we would think of, you know, testing DNA, things like that. But no, I think that was a really irresponsible thing. thing. For that officer to say, I'm standing right there. What are you possibly thinking? 
I mean, I was literally traumatized, literally traumatized for years, years and years and years. I don't think I ever slept in my own room after that either, ever. And I had my own room, never slept in it. Nope, couldn't do it. So it was tough. It was tough. It was tough. So who wants to go next? I know somebody else has something good. Doesn't matter. Speak well, up. You already Let's teased go. Cody's story, so I feel like we have to we have to jump in. Yeah. All right, Cody. Let's go go. With Cody. All right. Cody. Which one? The paranormal one or the you actual? You can tell whatever you want. You can tell both of them. Tell both of them. So for the real life, I have a couple, but I'm not going to go into all of them. So I'll give you the choice of which one you guys want to hear. We've got the time I was held hostage at gunpoint for a couple hours. And then I have the time that I slept through the cops, paramedics, and fire department raiding my house because they thought my house was infested with anthrax. Oh, what? shit. <laughs> okay, tell us both. Tell us, tell us both. Okay. We got three. We got the paranormal and two life ones. Go with the first okay, one. So we'll start with the paranormal one. That's going to be the short one. Um, since it, I have it on video. You guys saw the video earlier, but we for did. everybody listening, it's a short story without the video. The video says everything. Um, basically, two o'clock in the morning, back in December, uh, like early December, late January, late November time, uh, sitting in the office, counting the money for the end of the night, middle of the night, just me and a couple employees there. And at a table, money in front of me, laptop, right behind the laptop that I was working on, there's a pen holder, just an acrylic clear pen holder, had pens, whiteout, highlighters, Sharpie, couple of pairs of scissors, the normal stuff that you'd find in a pen holder. Throwing the money through the money counter, wrapping it up in the bands, and out of the corner of my eye, all I see is the scissors moving back and forth. And I look around, there's nothing going on. Move the laptop, nothing going on. Go back to the security camera footage once I was done with the money, about half hour later, and the entire acrylic pen holder just rocked itself back, put itself back in place, Nothing else moved. All the pens, scissors, everything was right where it was supposed to be, but the entire thing just moved on its own. Yeah. It's I'm good. wondering on a loop right now as you tell the story. It just keeps moving. And every time as you were talking, I'm like, oh my God, because it's freaky to watch yeah, this whole thing. Yeah, it kind of really doesn't look like it's faked. I mean, you know, at first no. I was like skeptical for a second, and then I'm like, nah, dude. No. The way that it rocks and then it like goes right back, it was like, I think if it was a fake video that it would definitely would have tipped over completely yeah, tipped over it the way tipped it tipped over. was far enough for it to tip over. I was like, Holy shit. Really? And yeah, I thought it was a, that's why I had to ask what we were looking at. Um, Cody, when we saw it um, first, before we started the podcast, because it looked like, you know, people have these things that like relax them in their office that tick back and forth. And I was like, mm-hmm. what is that moving? Cause it has such a smooth, like it, it tips yeah. like, over like it's gonna fall but it's like it's almost like mechanical it goes right back up it's Mm -hmm. it's pretty crazy and it's a good like two three pounds it's like a a heavy acrylic it's not something like the wind can move i'm the room that i'm in is a secure room it's the room that has all of our safes in it it's got everything in there it's got employee information it's a locked secure room i'm the only one there all that's in there is what you see on that camera a couple like a bicycle from like the high end prize room, and that's it. Air conditioning, and that's but air How conditioning you, is not. I am such that. a big okay. This I, I've kind of gotten over them again, but you're gonna make me want to go back and watch these shows. I'm such a big fan of those shows where they do investigations. I think you should send in your clip if your workplace would let you, and they should do an investigation of your workplace because that oh. is like some legit stuff. So, as we were talking before we started recording, the building that we're in used to be Sears. And we only, when we took it, we only bought a quarter of the building. So, there's another three quarters of the building that's just empty, abandoned, dark Sears Mm. building, upstairs and downstairs. We have the keys to get in there if we need to. Our fire riser room, our fire panel and all that is in the abandoned side. So, anytime we need to go deal with that. We're taking flashlights, going all the way to the back of the building, going downstairs into a dark little corner of an abandoned Sears building that we know for a fact is haunted. We have had like eight different people see 
a little girl, like 10 to 12 years old, white dress, roams around right outside my office, which is where that video happened. We always see her maybe 20, 30 feet away from there. We've had, in that video, you can see where I'm like doing the money counter. There's another video, I can't find it on my phone, but the, uh, the coin counter that has like, that spits out the rolls of coins for you after it counts it. Mm-hmm. 30 minutes after I'm done, it just starts spitting out all the rolls on its own. The thing's powered off, unplugged, but it just starts pit- spitting out the rolls of coins automatically. There's nobody touching it. I'm a good like 10, 15 feet away. Uh, we've had a vacuum get thrown across the room. Uh, unfortunately, that one was like a foot out of camera view, so we couldn't get everything. Sure. But you get, the, you get the reactions of all the staff. There was like eight, eight employees, a couple managers in, in the office when it happened. And one of the managers just takes off running, jumps over a chair, and is in the opposite corner in a matter of like half a second. You can see the reactions of them, but you can't actually see the vacuum just being thrown 15 feet to the other side. Right. Um, I think I would not be able to stay working when stuff like I know that happens. Like, I, <laughs> I put my two weeks notice in on, on Friday. You did? <laughs> yeah, I oh, put wow. my two weeks on Friday. Yeah, that's your yeah, I was just going to ask you, are you comfortable working in a place that's haunted? Because, oh. It's... It's interesting. We we have a running joke. It, it's the Sears ghost. Anything that goes wrong, we know for a fact. It's the Sears ghost that's doing it. We had the fire alarms going off for false alarms about two weeks ago. I got stuck at work all night long because our alarms were going off, but the mall couldn't tell that our fire alarm was going off. The fire department said that they had no activation. Our system was all clear, but it's we got the strobes going. We got the automated wow. get-out sound going, so... She, she's very, very active in that building. Hmm. Interesting. So, next story. We'll go with the anthrax story. <laughs> um, it was 2002? 2002, 2003. I was super young, because I was born about 10 years prior. So, I was about 10, 10 years old. Um, and... My grandma had just gotten back from Germany. She was visiting my aunt and uncle at the time who were stationed out in Germany. And 9-11 had just happened a couple months prior. And they came home from, uh, I want to say they were out grocery shopping that day. Went and got the mail. My grandma opened up the mail while sitting in the car. And white powder in the car, just out of an envelope. She didn't think anything of it. When she was in Germany, she had a fall, traumatic brain injury, a whole bunch of stuff. She's been on disability since then. So it took her a good 12, 13, 14 hours to realize that, hey, I opened that letter and there was white powder that just went all over the car. She realized this at about 1, 2 o'clock in the morning after everybody was asleep. So called 911. Obviously, they came. They tented our house. They tented the car. Um, I woke up the next morning, missed everything. I didn't hear the fire department. I didn't hear the cops. I didn't hear the paramedics. Apparently our entire neighborhood had been woken up by just the entire force appearing at our house. And I slept through it 20 feet away. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) So I woke up the next morning to go to school and couldn't get out of my bedroom. Um, finally got out. Our front door had the biohazard hazmat tape all the way around the edges, around the seams. Uh, The car still had the biohazard tape right on all the seams of the doors, anywhere that oxygen could go in and out. Everything was taped up. They still had the plastic hazmat tent, uh, like remnants of it, throughout our yard. Was a false alarm? False alarm. 100% false alarm. Um, But yeah, no, I slept through all of that. I remember none of it. All I remember is waking up and being told, yeah, this is what happened. You slept through it. The rest of the neighbors did not. You got lucky. And yeah, I've to this day, I have not lived that one down. If I ever, if we ever bring it up, I'm just the butt of the jokes because I slept through a hazmat situation in my own house at 10 years old. That's crazy. And 
And final story. This one happened 10 years ago, almost to the day. The day. It was January 30th, 2011. Today's the 17th, so almost to the day. <laughs> um, not going to name names because I don't know who all listens. But at the time, I was working my first job, McDonald's, everybody's first job. Um, and one of the shift managers had gotten a hold of my mom, who was a shift manager there as well saying that he was having issues and just wanted to talk. So she went over to his house. I told her, I don't know what's going on, but I'm not going to let you go alone because he was a retired uh, army vet who was a drunk and had ties to several... I'll say he was tied to Hells Angels out of California in not-so-good ways. Um... So we go over there, we get into his house, and my mom's talking with him, and he comes out of, he goes into the bedroom, grabs something, comes out with a gun, and we're basically sitting on the couch, not allowed to leave. Um, we are able to get away for a second to call his wife to be like, hey, you need to get your ass here. You call his wife instead of 911. I didn't, I didn't have a phone at the time. This was, my mom's the one who called. Not me. Um, and she felt oh. kind of bad for the guy. Um, he had been going through some stuff. She didn't... She wanted to get him in trouble, maybe. Yeah, she didn't think he would do anything. So she called the wife to say, hey, you need to get your ass home because we're not dealing with this. Get control of your husband. She didn't come home. So we were stuck at his house for three, four hours, not allowed to leave, at gunpoint, we convinced him to let us, like, all three of us, my mom, him, and myself, out onto, like, the front porch area. So that a little bit more room for us, a little bit more comfortable. Him, he could still see us. And we were able to get around the corner, get the cops called finally. Um, I got him to put his gun down while he went to the restroom, and I grabbed it and hid it from him. It turned out it was a BB gun. <laughs> But, but, she didn't he know that. Getting, oh, he getting the rest of his guns taken away from him because he had two, like an eight year old and a six year old in the house. He had a fully loaded AR 15 next to his bed, no safety of any kind, just laying on the floor with his two oh, young ones in the house. And somebody ended up breaking into his house. And, the people that broke into ha his house go back to him having connections with Hell's Angels. His uncle was the sergeant at arms for the Hell's Angels in California. And he denied their request to join. So they came to his house to forcibly move him to California to join. Oh my gosh. That AR-15 ended up being fired through the guy's shin... As he broke into the front door, it ricocheted off of the driveway, across the street off of the uh, neighbor's driveway, and into their house. He, he ended up getting charged with firing a uh, weapon in a residential area, AR-15. Wow. His gun was taken from him. His shotgun was taken from him. To this day, I don't know if he ever got it back. We cut all ties with him after that day. But it was a messed up 40th birthday for my mother. Wow. It was her that birthday. Wow, that's messed up. I mean, I guess the good thing was, was a damn BB gun, but... It was a BB gun, but the other one in his house that he had right next to it was not. Good thing he didn't bring that one out, I guess. Yeah. I think I still have, because I, I ended up taking that BB gun from him. I still have it somewhere. <laughs> Regardless of a BB gun or not, like that, what a scary situation. Am I going to be? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Am I going to make it out of here alive? Yeah. Exactly. That's, yeah. That's, that's that, was, that, was, that ran through our mind a couple times because he was just drunk rambling. He had gone through two bottles of Jack already. And... He has PTSD, two bottles of Jack with a weapon, and 
depression and all of that just all mixed together, it was not a good combination for me being, what, 10 years ago, so about to turn 18. It was not fun. Wow. 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 That's crazy. So who's, who's next? Somebody. I My experiences are paranormal. It made me think when you were talking, Cody, I had a story that was sort of similar. A, sc- a scary story that I, I hadn't thought about. Um, and uh, not nearly as scary as yours, but I lived in an apartment when I was younger. You know, you live in places that aren't cr- great with safety and stuff. And they let people live there that are, you know, kind of sketchy. Um, and I had this, there was a single man living across from me, older man. And one night I heard him like screaming and yelling at people. And then I heard gunshots go off. And I called the complex and followed up the next day and everything and found out from people in the office that he had shot off the gun. The police had been there. He had shot off the gun. And I had to fight with the office to evict him because I'm like, this is scary. And in the city where I lived, someone had just been shot like within the week in another kind of um, metro area um, because someone had shot off a gun in an apartment and it went through the wall. And hit them. And so I kept like saying, hey, like this just happened in this neighboring town. And uh, and they, you know, finally they evicted him. And the day they evicted him, I was coming home from work and he's walking out and he's carrying two shotguns. We had to walk up these. So I'm walking up the stairs knowing I'm the one that got him evicted because I pushed it. And here he is carrying two guns. And I'm like, oh, oh, my gosh, just freaking out. Wasn't yeah, held at gunpoint, but I had forgotten that story until I heard your your story. So just a little one, <laughs> real yeah. life. Reminds me of the uh, murder that happened at my apartment complex last January. Like <gasps> right, right. I would say like fifty feet away from my front door. Wow. It was, it was a pretty rough one. I would luckily wasn't home for it. I was at work and I got a notification on an app called Citizen that said that there was uh, a shooting that happened. And I looked at the address, and it was mine. Oh, my and I'm God. Like, oh, no. That would freak me out. <laughs> oh, no. Um, it turned out it was the building directly across from me. It was gang-related. A uh, guy shot a pregnant lady and another guy. Uh, lady ended up being okay, but the guy died. And they still had to fight to evict him. Like, the guy in public on a sidewalk. It wasn't even in the apartment. It was on the sidewalk. We all could see it. I didn't see it happen, but when I got home from work. You could see I what saw, was left. I, I saw what was left. I couldn't get into my apartment because, of course, I live at the building right at the very front of the complex. Just to get into my building, I have to turn right and then my parking spot's right there. That's where the murder happened. And you still live there? I'm... I my lease was up in August and then COVID happened. So trying to move But with this new job that I start in two weeks, I'm getting out. I would definitely get out. There will be yeah. paranormal stuff happening there after and I'm sure. Oh yeah. Well, Christine, tell us about yours, your experience. Oh well, about eight years ago we had moved into this house. Um, and it was our first night in the house and we were sleeping and I felt somebody standing by my bed. Um, so I look and I was sleeping like with my body up against my husband's back and I looked up cause I thought it could have been my daughter who at the time was like 10. And, um, I looked over and I was like, wait, that's not Tara. And there was this little girl standing there with her arms behind her back, just staring at us at our bed, just watching us sleep. Oh, shit. So I like put my head down against my husband's back. And I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I look and she's just standing there. So she was still there after that? Yes. After you shut your eyes just and- Standing there. 
And I never said a word to anybody that I had saw this little girl because we had just moved in. And I was like, if I say something, my daughter's going to be like, we need to get out. So like three months later, my brother comes home from Arizona and he's visiting us. And um, I come home for lunch and he goes, dude, you have a ghost. I'm like, shut up. He goes, no, I heard somebody playing on the stairs. And I was like, oh, my God, George, I saw her. I had saw her and I didn't want to say anything, but he heard her. So as we lived there, this little girl made herself more visible and she looks like she has a blue, she had a blue dress on like long brown hair, like very visible to who you could see her daytime, nighttime. It didn't matter. But even my daughter who was special needs um, would talk to her. And my sister lived with us and my sister um, one day goes, Christine Rayal was outside talking to somebody. And I was like, what are you talking about? She's like, I heard her outside my window. And she's like, it was really early in the morning. I was like, what? So I asked my daughter, I was like, "Um, were you talking to that little girl? And she just looked at me and I was like, no, it's okay. Do you see that little girl? And she's like, "Mm mm-hmm. And she has a speech delay. So I asked her, I was like, what does she look like? She says she had a blue dress. So she says blue, but she says blue. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was like, and her hair, she's like, it's brown. And I was like, it's brown. And she goes, yeah. She's like, it's long. It's brown. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, does she talk to you? She's like, "Mm mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh. Wow. Well, and they say that children are often much more susceptible Right. You know, and, and then open to experiences. Wow. Right. And so I would never tell anybody about it. Never. Like none of my family or whatever, because we would have gatherings because our house was very large. And um, I had watched my niece one day, one night for my, um, our niece, she brought her daughter over to us and she was like two years old and we were playing and she goes to run around the couch into the family room and she just dead stops. And she says, I don't like that little girl. She's scaring me. I don't like her. And I was like, oh, my God. And my daughter's like, mom, tell her to go away. I could see her. Tell her to go away. And the room just got completely cold. Oh, damn. Oh, wow. And my niece was like, I'm scared. I don't like her. I don't like her. And so I had to tell her, go away. You're scaring her. Go away. And I didn't think, and and then the next morning I was like, ah, my niece comes to pick her up and she tells her mom, mom, I don't like that little girl. And my niece is like, what is she talking about? And I was like, oh my gosh, we have a ghost. And and my niece is like, what are you talking about? I'm like, we have a ghost. And I didn't want to tell anybody, but Jordan saw her. Wow. And so she would make herself visible and then um, even my dad would see her. He was riding us like we had a stationary bike and he was riding it. And he said he saw someone like peek around the corner like that. And he was like, no, I didn't see that. And then he said he just kept riding the bike and the little girl looked around the corner again. And oh, I got the chills. And she, he said, Tara, Rayal. And he got up and he said he saw the little dress like flow around the corner. And so he went to look around the house. And there was nobody there. Oh, shit. Yeah. Do you still live in this house? No, no. How long did you live in this house? Um, eight, seven years. So it was, had to have been longer because we've been here eight years. We lived there seven years. So, yeah. Wow. We lived there seven years. And I just, we knew she was there, but we would never, like, I was like, eh, she didn't do anything bad. Like, things weren't moved or... It wasn't like, I never felt like an evil presence. Um, I just felt like the longer we stayed there, the more she made herself present. Mm -hmm. Like um, I had a brother who, my brother moved from Arizona, but he moved in with my sister, but he would come and watch the Nugget replay games because he didn't have cable at home at that time. And he said he was sitting on the couch one night and he can hear her like messing around. And he was like, man, if you want to watch TV, just come and sit down. And he, and he said he was sitting there and he felt the couch just like he saw the couch, like somebody sat on the couch next to him. <laughs> and he was like, nope. He turned off the TV and he was like, I'm out. Wow. <laughs> he left. Mm-hmm. Or like if we would go on vacation, um, we had went to visit one of my sister out of state. 
And um, my mom was like, they could hear somebody crying. And they're like, but Chris isn't here. And they went upstairs and they can visibly see her in the kitchen, standing in the corner, crying. And every time we were gone, she would stand. They could hear her crying. Wow. And so I was like, man, she like really attached to us. Like it was, mm-hmm. it was really weird. Yikes. Well, at least she didn't follow you, I guess. No. When we were moving out, I was like, look, little girl. I'm <laughs> telling you. Stay here. Not Stay where you are. Yes. I did. I was like, you cannot follow me. I need you yeah. to find what you're looking for or what you're missing, but do not follow me. Right. Do not. And I haven't felt anything or anything like that, but who's to say if she hasn't and just hasn't shown herself. Yeah. That's, but, that's crazy. See, I've, I've, I have no experience with paranormal like that. Oh. None. I can't say that I've ever seen a ghost or anything like that. I don't, I've, I've never experienced anything like that before. Amber, what about you? Um, yeah, I have. <laughs> um, and mine wasn't like human. So it really scared me and it goes back quite a ways. But um, growing up, I my parents got divorced when I was in probably like first grade, separated when I was five. And I would split my time. Most of the time I lived with my mom up um, in um, a metro area, but I would go down and visit my dad and he lived in a rural area and he was managing kind of a ranch farm and it was this old like farmhouse and uh my dad had gotten religion he was um part of that like born again christian movement and um really engaged in it and we would go to these bible studies and sometimes they would tell like scary stories of like demons and things like that at these like people would tell their testimonies of how they got saved so i was already ramped up that night because there had been stories like this and i was just a little kid and people would tell super like you know demons were chasing me and you know really scary stories um and i was probably like 16 years old and uh they had kids Uh, my dad was remarried and um they had kids and so all the upstairs bedrooms were taken and so i had to stay in this kind of open space in the basement. So it was this long room and they put a water bed in it and the furnace was down at the end of the room that, that did the whole house. And it was, it was kind of weird because there was this little um, <clears throat> square like thing that you could look in to see the furnace, but it reflected light into the room. So it would kind of like, if something was in front of it, it would cast a shadow behind it. And so in the middle of the night, I don't know what um, woke me up, but I saw, um, what I can only describe but looking at other people who've had experiences, but like, like a demon, it was like a hunched over really dark figure. I could just see the lights like from around it. And, you know, I'd had a scary night when people had been telling kind of these scary stories. So I assumed this was my mind playing tricks with me. So I just was like, I closed my eyes. I counted, I calmed myself. And um, then, you know, I had to verify. (laughs) So I opened my eyes back um, up and the figure had moved from, you know, clear across the room, which was a long, long room um, to being over me. And it it was it was like coming over me. And the scariest thing was that it had some kind of. uh, um, Power over me, I don't know if anybody's familiar with night terrors, where people kind of. Yeah. So where, where you can't respond, you're like frozen. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I was frozen and couldn't respond. And it was, I don't know how long this period of time went on until I was able to move. Um, but literally when I finally was able to move, because it was over me, we were locked in some kind of exchange and I was like frozen. And uh, when I could finally move, I just started screaming. I threw the covers back over my head. I mean, I was like, I was trying to like, like sink into the waterbed and I just screamed until everybody in the house woke up and like came down to that room. I've never been able to lose that feeling that I had. I was never able to sleep down in that basement room ever again. I don't know what it was, but it was such um, a profound experience. And it was weird because 
my family believed me, um, but we were never like, they would never talk about it. It was almost right. like it was too real um, that night and too scary. So we never, like it was never mentioned again. It was almost wow. like it was like a rule, like a family rule that we couldn't talk about the events that happened that night. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. crazy. That's worse than a paranormal. I That's yeah, worse. right. Have you ever seen that show Evil? No. That's what that reminded me of. Like, you should watch it. It's actually really good. Um, I, 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 think it's on CBS. It. I think it's on CBS All Access. I'm not sure what it's on, but um, it's called Evil. And that, what you just described, reminds me of, like, that movie. And, I mean, the, the series and a part of that series where, where one of the main characters kind of has this demon that basically talks to her and haunts her. It's It's pretty interesting. That story just reminded me of that show for some reason. I've never heard of it. Oh, it's good. It's good. It's a pretty good I'll show. Check it out. And it's, it's kind of has to do with the Catholic Church, and you know, um, she's kind of like the scientist, kind of like an X Files kind of show. Where you guys uh, ever watch Ghost Hunters? Oh, yeah, you know, I used that's to back was, in the day. When Cody was talking about his story, that's what I was like. I used to watch Ghost Hunters, um, and I used to watch some of their investigations, and and some of them still stick in my mind. Like they did these ones up in in Colorado at Estes Park at the Stanley, oh, yeah. and I can still remember this like glass breaking on video and like hearing voices. They were down in, like these catacombs underneath the mm-hmm. building, and I could hear talking. Like I can't get those images and sound. Yeah, out there's of my certain mind. places like I'm just like nope, I'm not going there. And there's one um there's one that they do in St. Augustine, Florida, um, which I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> My brother lives by there and we've actually gone to visit that um, fort and it's, I'm like re- walking through the fort going, oh my gosh, they talk about this on that show and it's scary. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's just, I feel like that's just paranormal stuff. And I had to stop watching it for a while because I just feel like, what am I doing to myself? Like, I did too. I had to I had to give that stuff up for a while because it was a lot to take it all in. I don't know. I have a hard time with paranormal because I've never experienced it. You know, personally, I've never, you know, like I've heard people talk about it. I've heard people experience it. But I myself have never, ever experienced anything paranormal like that. I feel like some people are susceptible to it. Like, I feel like my, like, not even, um, I just feel like some people just have the aura that it, they feel like it's welcoming to them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my family and I am like one of those persons. I feel like it just gravitates to us. Um, our family has a house in um, that they've lived in for 75 years. And stuff has happened there all the time to where even um, someone across the alley at one point asked my grandma, um, told my grandma, oh, I didn't know your mom is still alive. And my grandma was like, my grandma, my mom passed away like 20 years ago. And the man goes, no, that lady in the window waves to me every day. And my grandma's like, no, my mom passed away 20 years ago. But it is the woman that lives in their home. And she has red hair. She wears yeah. a long white gown. And she's been visible by, I mean, she, yeah, it's creepy. There's a man that lives in there that we've seen. Um, it's not, no. It's scary. Yeah. It's scary. And I have that, you know, I I told my scary story here, but I I think I'm also one of those persons as well, Christine. And um, uh, my mom passed away in 2004. And um, so I think it can be comforting too, because I'm about to tell you a story, another um, story that an experience I had. Um, She, before she passed away, she had gotten this group of friends. She'd finally gotten a really good job worked with a, a, a group of ladies that were really empowering. And I saw my mom for the first time in her life have like really good, solid um, relationships with women. And she would invite me. She was really proud at, of me at the time I was graduating from college. And I would go out and meet her work friends for lunches and stuff. And and they were really supportive. And she died unexpectedly um, of a heart attack when she was 52. Mm. Um, wow. And after she died, the, this group of women would still invite me out. <laughs> And this is going to seem really silly, but my mom had this really bad, you know, everybody has their little quirks. My mom had one of those quirks where she spilled food on herself all the time when she'd eat. (laughs) We knew that in the family, but I didn't realize her work friends knew that. And that day that we were out, they started talking about how since uh, my mom's name was Barb, since Barb had left, 
um, they knew Barb was with them because they would spill food on their on their shirts. And so we were joking and laughing, and, and it was just a really great lunch. And I came home, and I, you know, I worked from home at that time. And it may seem kind of little, or you could come up for it with reasons for it, but it was the weirdest thing. It was in this room that I'm sitting in right now. The lights started to blink in my office. And I was like, well, that's, that's really weird. And so then I walked into the dining room and the lights started blinking in the dining room. And then I walked back into the office and the lights started blinking. And so then I asked, I'm like, cause I, it felt like it was kind of annoying. <laughs> like something was trying to get my attention and I kind of did it like just threw my hands up and I'm like, mom, is that you? And it blinked again and like seemed to answer me. And so I felt like she was acknowledging that I had been with her friends that day and wanted Aww. me to know she was there as an energy. Um, and in addition to that, I had another story where I told a coworker, it was right before the first Mother's Day after my mom passed, and I was telling a coworker about it. And the next morning she brought me, this is leading up to Mother's Day weekend, she brought me this basket and it had this statue and I hadn't even told her I had a little brother, but it had a statue of a, a female angel with a little girl that was a little bit taller than a little boy. And that symbolized to me, me and my brother. And I hadn't even told this coworker, I didn't know her very well about that. And all of these things that like meant a lot to me. And at the same time I was getting that gift my aunt's partner, Marie, had a dream where my mom came to her and told her she was okay. And it was weird how these two events kind of happened. So I do think even though you have scary paranormal experiences, there are also experiences that are meant to like... Well, I don't know. I mean, do you think dreams um, are... Do you think dreams are paranormal? Can dreams I be paranormal? I feel like dream was paranormal well, you think because your subconscious telling you that they're okay. Cause I mean, when my friend Shiz died, I had dreams after that, that he came to me in my dream because I was just like, I was devastated. No, I mean, I feel like they can reach out to you in, in your dream. Mm-hmm. I feel like that it's me. I feel like that could be real. Cause I've had dreams where it just was like so real and it was, yeah, I I think that they can reach to you in different ways, like not always just like an image or something like I feel like they can reach you in different ways. So I feel like they do reach you sometimes in dreams. I mean, who knows? Maybe that was a paranormal experience then because he was in my dream telling me that he was OK, yeah. because I remember like I was like I was so devastated. I was just like, what the fuck shiz? You know, like, where are you? Like, I, I just I mean, I was like losing my shit, you know, like I just it was crazy for months and months and. Um, not long after he died, he was in my dream and uh, I was telling Tina about it. And um, he definitely was like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm okay. You know, but I mean, maybe, I don't know. I don't know if that was myself. I felt like mine was, and that's why I described it because there were so many synchronicities between this admin at a job. I had just started a few months who barely knew me, who, who, who feels inspired to go out and buy me a gift. And Marie, my aunt's partner, having this dream, like this and and these things happening at the same time the next morning it was like literally my aunt called me and I was like calling her to tell her about this gift I just got so all this synchronicity is rolling around and it just felt like my mom had orchestrated it she was with this admin and I like compelled her to get a gift and had come to Marie to kind of full circle give this message it was really powerful we also had after my grandma passed although I'm the only one that didn't experience it, all the family members saw my grandma at the end of their bed the, huh. that morning that she passed. I didn't. But my cousin my and my two aunts um, all described that that morning they knew grandma had passed before we heard the word because she came and stopped by. And so as they were waking, they saw her at the end of their beds. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I feel like my grandma comes to me in a sense, like to let me know she's here sometimes. Um, Cause I used to help my mom take care of her. So she stopped smoking years before she had passed away. But I feel like, um, so when my mom comes home and she comes to stay with me, the room that she would stay in always smells like cigarette smoke. Huh. Um, so I feel like sometimes um, that's her set, her sense to let us know that she's here. And that, or like, she's happy that my mom's here. I feel like she's with me. Um, 
But then there's times when my mom's not here and I'm like, Mario, do you smell that? And Tara's like, mom, you're the only one that ever smells that cigarette smoke. Hmm. So I feel like sometimes, yeah. yeah, And I feel like that's how her way of letting us know that's the only way she could let us know is like the cigarette smoke smell to let us know she's here. But there's Hmm. a couple of weeks ago, my husband got up to go to the bathroom and he said, he was like, I can smell the smoke in the house. It was so strong and he said it was like two three in the morning and he's like the cigarette smoke was so strong he's like I never smell it but that he's like I really smelt it it was weird wow um Hmm. so I just think it just depends it's different yeah I think there's things about this world we still don't understand you know and Mm -hmm. I think these are pieces of it I I can't explain it or know all of it but I know certain things were real for me when I experienced them you know Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I guess I had an experience, but it wasn't literally like paranormal like that. Um, you know, I'm a pagan and and we do rituals and stuff like that. And um, I haven't I haven't told very many people about this. Um, I've told Tina about it, and the people that were there with me know about it. And um, so, you know, we do a lot of sending negative energy back. You know, like if somebody gives us negative energy, we can send it back to them. So there were four of us in this room and um, we had like, it was like, it almost reminded me of like a, a small metal pizza, like a, a pizza tin, but it was a like a, like a deep dish bowl. And there was a candle in the middle and it was a black candle and it was a candle of a male. And we were sending back this, this energy back to this male who had basically raped a child, mm-hmm. you know, somebody that was in, you know, our circle, um, my friend's daughter. And so we were sending back this energy and it was four of us, four women. And we were sending back this energy and I swear to God, I have never seen anything like this. It literally freaked me out. Like I didn't talk to these people for like three months after this experience. And so we had, we had the candle. It was lit. This shit caught on fire. When I tell you, you would have thought that somebody doused that candle in oil. Like it just went up in flames. Like the flames were like, to the ceiling. Like I've oh. never seen anything like this. The flames are to the ceiling. That's how much energy we had culminated between the four of us. And I was like, holy shit. Like I've never seen anything like that. That candle burnt down. Like, I, I can't even tell you, like literally it probably burnt down in, I don't even know, five, 10 minutes, just completely just melted, but was on fire. Like but you like were in a process food. of sending inner negative energy that, back. Yeah, the negative, the negative, negative energy. Yeah. Negative the evil energy. Yeah. That is paranormal. That's not even like, uh, like slightly paranormal. That's paranormal. You guys have had a legitimate paranormal <laughs> experience. You guys are like yes. the first people that I've actually told about this. Like Tina knows about it. Like Girl, Tina about it. Crazy. And the four I of us that were in out. that room know about it. And we've, I freaked out, dude. I literally didn't call these people for like, I literally didn't call them like literally didn't talk to them for like three months. I swear to God. Cause I was so freaked out by that experience. And I mean, I've seen where, where we've thrown, you know, papers into fires and this shit just, but man, a candle. I mean, literally it looked like, I swear to God, you would have thought that one of us doused this shit in oil because it burnt down. Like it was unreal. It was like, it like just burnt down. And what were all your reactions when that happened? I don't even remember, dude. I just remember I was like, holy shit. And I don't know if everybody, I, I don't know. We've never, you know, what's funny is I don't think we've ever, all four of us, I don't think we've, we've been in the same room, but I don't think we've ever discussed that happening. I don't think we've ever talked about it ever. I mean, but that the energy that was in that room was unreal. Like it was, I guarantee you, dude, something probably bad happened to that guy when we sent that shit back. Cause I have never seen a candle to this day. I swear to God, I could swear to God, somebody doused that shit in kerosene. I've never seen a candle burn down like that before in my life ever. Even since then, I've never, but that, that freaked me out so bad. Like I had to take a break. Like I was like, I got to be away from these people. Like I, I can't even like, I, it, it freaked me the fuck out. I, actually, I forgot all about it until this time, but um, I just haven't, I didn't tell this. It's the first time I've talked about it. But it was. I'm I mean, actually so glad you talked about it, Kayleen. I think that's noteworthy, though, because in my instance, like that scary one that I call like the demon yeah. present, we didn't speak about it again either. There is something I think with humans sometimes when something is so legit that everybody just kind of like can't like acknowledge it or something. I think yeah, like one component of it. Yeah, like I think I've talked to 
one of them about it. Um, but really not the other two. Like we've never really, I mean, we, we've all, I, th- I mean, I think it's come up in conversation where somebody was like, man, remember when we had all that energy, but nobody really talked about the fucking candle basically bubbling and, and fucking melting down to the damn ground and the damn fire basically almost setting the house on fire. It was crazy from a candle, with, from a candle. With mine, I didn't speak about it for 20 years. And when my dad and my stepmom were getting divorced, I went back and asked her if it had happened because I started to wonder if I had somehow made a dream and story of it. And then she verified that it really did happen. And it was like, oh my gosh, we never talked about this. And you still remember it. And she's like, yeah, that that happened, you know, because years, years go by and, and your brain plays tricks with you. And I just didn't think it was real anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, you know what? I guess I have had paranormal experiences, but I didn't really realize that that's what they were. Like, since I was a kid, I always had like this this vision that my mom was pregnant with me and she was leaning against my grandma's porch. You remember where my grandma used to live, Christine on the street, where we all used to go over there. And she was leaning against like the brick wall because it was all brick and then the window was like right here and she was going into labor with me so i never told anybody about this either and i've always had this vision and then i finally asked her about it i don't even know like maybe five six years ago i finally asked her she just looked at me and she was like i go when you were praying with me and you went in labor were you on grandma's porch i was outside watching this my spirit was outside of this watching this and i told her about this and she just looked at me she was like how the like how the fuck do you know that like it was like because she's that actually reminds me of a show i'm gonna recommend to you on netflix there's a new show that's talking about like um near-death experiences i can't think of the name of it and i can look it up Mm -hmm. really quick but they talk about this that experience when people have been you know during a medical procedure they started to pass away and they were floating above the surgeons like one could tell she verified it with the surgeon because she could tell the surgeon about the equipment he used and in what order he used it in, even though she was under right. anesthesia. And I wonder being, you know, pre-born, if you were also like able to be outside of your mom and see that experience. I don't know. Because that's weird that you bring that up, Kayleen, because my grandson, who's four, mm-hmm. um, we were driving to the store one day, tells my daughter, mom, do you remember when you were, and I was in your belly and the doctor came in the room and was holding your hand and was telling you, you were going to be okay. And she had to have a C-section and she's like, mom, the doctor was talking to me about that. Oh shit. And yeah, he told I mean, her, do you remember when I was in your belly, the doctor held your hand and told me you were going to, told you you were going to be okay. You remember that mom? You remember that? Wow. That's and crazy. I was just like, she's like, mom, she's like, that's so crazy. Cause he, that happened. Yeah. Like, how would you know that? Yeah. And she told me that she was like, finally, it just took me. I just got enough guts to ask her. And she was like, I mean, the look on her face was like, what the fuck? Like, how do you even know that? You know? So that's how I knew, like, like it, that experience was real. Like, Maybe it's just an ability I- that you have that you just don't know how to center that ability. So maybe it's just like a sense that you have and you don't know how to center the ability of that sense. Like you haven't figured out how to like, like, so I looked up a lot of stuff because, um, there are things that I just know and I just know them. And like, I'm very good with like people when they're lying, it is on fucking believable. Like I know, like, I'm like, are you fucking get the fuck out of here? You know, like I know, like every time like Tina was smoking and she didn't want me to know, I knew every fucking time, like she would be like, and it wasn't because I smelled it. It wasn't anything like that. I was just like, you're fucking smoking again, aren't you? Like, I just knew it. I just knew. And she would just be like, and you know, they, they want to lie about that shit, even though it's small. But I just, I just know things. So I looked it up and it's called claircognizant. So it's like called the, and when we call it the knowing. So it's kind of like being along the path of an empath, but there are just things that I know, just things that I know. Like I could see things coming before you even did, especially like when people get into these relationships and when people get in relationships, I'm like, mm. like I could see what's going to happen or job. Well, I'm glad or you never like said that. anything to me, but would you tell somebody that though? Like what? Like would you think no. that with me and my husband no. you, with Mario, you wouldn't tell me that. Hell no. Why? No. You know why? Because number one, it's your experience. And no matter what I tell you, you're still going to do what you're meant to do. You know what I mean? Like, like, 
for no, example, I don't think that's true. From somebody that you totally trust, I don't think that. If you came to me and said, Christine Moore, I said, I would be like, shut up, Kayleen. Are you serious? Like, I would listen to you because of our relationship. Maybe. I mean, I don't know, but I don't share it with people. I don't share it with people like that because <clears throat> it's just. As you were talking, you know, I was looking at my bookshelf because I have a book, Kayleen, I'll have to look for it, that talks about how um, there are people who have those sensory um, pieces and how to work to enhance it. Um, and uh, it's, I also feel like I'm an empath. I also identify as an empath. And I think that there's those of us that have some of those things. I actually think it's probably more common in the whole population. It's just, again, something we don't understand. Right, and certain people have more of it or others. And I think you can practice, you know, you can That's be another show. practice. It is another show. I mean, seriously, that could be a whole nother show. I do have more paranormal stuff that happens at my job. So I work at an elementary school that's been built, that was built in the late fifties, I think. But when I started working there three years ago, I was like, there's something in this building. And the lady was like, no, there's not. I was like, yes, there is something in this building because I could feel it. And one day we were sitting there working and there was a teacher in the mail room and this little kid was giggling and I looked at my attendance liaison and I was like do you hear that and the teacher comes out from the thing and she's like I heard it I was like there's nobody in here she's like you're lying I was like no there's nobody in here that teacher got her mail and walked out and was (laughs) like she's like I heard it yeah And, and then there was another time when we had a half a day so we have pd days and i had to go back into the office and i was sitting there and i go hear somebody go hey and i was like but i'm the only one in here there's nobody here and then another time we were there and the pd was out of the building and it was just me and my attendance liaison and our building engineer and she comes in and she speaks spanish and she tells us in spanish um is the principal here, this El Senor President, you know? And I was like, no. She's like, yes, sir. I just saw him walk in his office. I was like, there's nobody here. She's like, I just saw him walk in his office. I was like, let's go. I'll go with you. And we opened, I unlocked his, I was like, his door's not even unlocked. It's locked. So I opened it up with the key and she was like, no, I saw him. I saw him. I was like, no, you didn't. Oh, <laughs> hell no. And she, her eyes were. It wasn't him. Yeah, she's like, no, I saw him walk in. I was like, no, you didn't. Wow. This comes so. back to that space piece. I do think that there are spaces. I'm working now on a, a medical campus that used to be a military base. And there are still some existing buildings. And then there are some buildings that have been built. And I'm in a hospital. And I'm in a children's hospital. And they have there are stories at um, our hospital that when they were building it, that there was a little boy on a tricycle that the work crew saw. Um, So those have been, you know, handed down through the hospital. It's been there for about 10 years now, maybe a little bit more. And then there's an older hospital building that's now an administrative building. And it is the most amazing building when you walk into it. It looks really kind of generic on the outside, um, but you walk into it and it's like walking back into the 1950s. It's got huge pieces of marble, just the way that they used to stylize things. It was very, you know, steel and it's just written I um went to a meeting there and I was talking to this woman and uh she's like this building is haunted (laughs) she's like we have occurrences all the time in this building I'm like they should do investigations and just do a story on this building because you can just feel the energy in that space so I totally believe when you're talking about that school um yeah there are spaces we've got a um a bar here in town that just opened nine, 10 years ago, but it's like right in the heart of downtown. And before it was a bar, it was abandoned for close to 20, 25 years. Before that, it was a city Morgan mortuary in a, a funeral home. And they converted it to a full restaurant and bar. And they put the bar in the basement. Oh no. Wow. <laughs> So I just sent the three of you guys a link to the place because it has pictures of this place. And it's what you think a basement mortuary bar would look like. 
it's cement everywhere, uh, like rocks and stones for the wall, very, very dim lighting. And the place, 100% haunted. It's a former mortuary, city mm. morgue. Yeah, no, well, I just feel like Arizona too, though. You just don't know what you're going to dig up because it's, it's <laughs> such a huge, yeah. it's such a huge Indian ground. Like right. it's yeah. such a huge, like, and I feel like that is like, you don't know what type of spirits you're going to bring up. Like, especially because it is such a huge Indian, you know, it was a native American land for years. Mm. Right. And I feel like you don't know what you're going to bring up. Even if it's a morgue, you just don't know the spirits that are there because of the Indian land. Yep. So I'm, on, on that topic, I've got a kind of story that didn't happen to me. It happened to my mom. And she was a corrections officer with the county sheriffs. And it turned out that the entire jail was built on a Native American burial ground. Oh. And... Mistake number one, they didn't look to see where they were putting the jail. Um, they had a local elected official, somebody from the government, who was coming in and just like looking into some of the old uh, units in the, in the jail because they were going to upgrade. He goes into one of the empty units, goes to one of the cells and just like looks around. The door shuts behind him and he was the only one in there. He was just doing like a self-guided tour. Nobody knew he was there for until the next like shift change. But the entire time he was in there, he went completely insane because of things he was hearing and seeing just being in there by himself. Pants came off. He was doing everything that you would think would happen in like a mental ward. So things smeared on walls, 100% sane, just powerful elected official in a matter of hours just deteriorated because he was seeing a whole bunch of stuff through this empty abandoned cell block in there hearing noises that shouldn't have been there. They finally found him 12 hours later when they realized mm. that he had checked in, but never checked out at shift change and oh. went and found him and found him just in his tidy whities on the floor of a cell and just out of his mind and, as far as I know, he never went back to public office after that. Oh, I bet. Wow. I bet. Like that sounds pretty scary, but we're going to have to wrap this up, you guys. We're over time. But yeah. I appreciate every one of you sharing your stories. And um, it was interesting. I mean, this is a good co good topic. I hope people enjoy it. Um, thank you guys for sharing. Thank you guys for being here. And um, Absolutely. Thank you for having have me. Have a good day. Yeah. Stay out of trouble. Trouble no is my middle name. Yeah. And that, as we close, I want to give a shout out. I know that this, you know, people listening just can hear us, but Cody showed us his cat. And as we finish this up, I wanted to say hi to his cat and to let listeners and, and folks know that cats um, walk between two different worlds. So they, mm -hmm. if you ever see a cat looking off into a space, they see spirits too. They're, oh, yeah. They're mediums. Cats are mediums. Yeah. And they scare the crap out of me when they stare at the wall when I'm laying in bed. Yeah. Dog person. I'll tell you when something's there. That's and funny. that's actually why I love them, because they, they, to me they're like they're my familiar. I do not like cats. I don't like cats either. So, but that's another story. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Have a good day, you guys. Thank you guys. You for too. Up. Thank you. Uh -huh, bye bye. And that concludes this episode of Talk Amongst Friends. Thank you for joining us. Uh -huh.